Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys. Over here on my right, we've got Mr. Nick Peck. Hello, Mike. Hello, gentlemen. It has been just ridiculously way too long. Yeah, I'm so happy we're Hello, here. Hello, Mr. Peck. It's been Hello, a Mr. Summerfield. Good <laughs> uh, to see you. And good to be seen, my friend. Joining us all the way from Australia, the one and only Bobby Summerfield. Hello. 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 Good <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, it's so good to see you. Uh, and finally, over here on my left, we've got the one and only Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast. I've never missed a show in 227 episodes. Jeez. Mr. Rob Arbiter. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> it's good to see everybody. It's been a little while. It's been a long time. It's been four months. The last time we podcast. Seriously? Well, yeah. Last time we podcast was in, uh, actually, almost five months, was in uh, October, the end of October. And uh, because of the Omicron, we uh, basically, when it was just ravaging LA at the time, we decided not to get together at least i decided not to get together and you know what i was so sick of zoom i'm just like let's just put this oh thing my out god on. zoom can just yeah f off it just gets, i totally it gets, agree with you just get fatigued um, it's funny we say that and i'm looking right well unless closet. you happen to be in sydney which is a long <laughs> flight from here yes but um, well, yes. but um but then uh you know then after the holidays um I just got really busy. And as Omicron went down, I got super busy and I'll talk about that. Did a lot of fun stuff. But all that to say is we're back and we're going to be back on air and looks like we're going to try to go every couple of weeks, at least I'd like to go every other week, but we'll see. We got people are traveling, things like that. So we're going to get more consistent, but I do have some really nice guests lined up. So it'll be really kind of fun. But uh, this is show number 227. 227. And I don't know if you guys realize this, but next month, actually, yeah, because it's still March and April, we're going to be celebrating our 16th year anniversary. <sighs> we, have to have a swi- uh, we have to have a sweet 16 party, Mike. A 16 year anniversary. And what's crazy is Bobby was there from the beginning. Rob was there from the beginning. I know Scott, he was there from the beginning. He'd be here if he wasn't so busy right now. It's insane. So that if this all... podcast was a person, he'd be able to drive. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy uh, so that's, yeah it's it's there's been uh 16 years man i mean what's so crazy is as i was reviewing and going over a few things i say this all the time but if you listen to our podcast from back from number one really the podcast we just chrono um we document um modern music and modern technology because things come in and out when, when we started this podcast you know, we were still buying CDs and records and, and you know, Tower Records was still around. Some and, of us are still buying records. Like. <laughs> no, I, I understand that, but it's just like the changes in technology and and from iPads and iPhones and all that, you know, and I've mentioned that several times. So it's really fun. Just uh, now we have a pandemic to, to document. Yay, it's really fun. Now we <laughs> so have a like, pandemic. I mean, but seriously, <laughs> if you think about it, we're it's just, it's a living history. And I just think that's kind of cool that that we're all kind of going through this all all as documented by the podcast. Well, 16 we, years. I mean, 2006, you think about how things were then. It's a very different world. 
very different. So, um, yeah, so now here we are and we're post-pandemic and, you know, we've got the crazy war going on over in Europe and it's just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling, but we're going to keep moving and, and things still happen. And I think one of the best things about everything is everybody in one way or another still working in audio still has their, their finger on audio, which is kind of cool. So, And, and everyone, not to put too fine a point on of it, not to put too fine a point on it, everyone is still here. I'm going to call well, that a big win. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, I, I will say that's that's a big one, you know, because, man, during the pandemic. Because we are old. <laughs> well, and people have, you know, I lost we my father. At any time. You know, I lost my father. I lost my brother-in-law. So things happened yeah. during the pandemic. And um, so it's yeah. great that we're all all here and you know we can get together and that's why this is really special it's great that you know even though we're a little small crowd there's uh it's like family we're, we're back maybe a small <laughs> yeah. crowd but the love is very big absolutely well we got exactly we've got a lot to talk about and uh there's a couple things i want to bring up and uh so let's just start first of all i want to open it up um, we've been off the air for for four months and if i want to know if anybody's you know, have they gotten any new technology? Have they have they changed anything interesting as far as gear wise? I have a few things, but I'm going to open it up and then let's start with you, Mr. Nick. Well, then, uh, then I will answer that, and that is the new technology that I am absolutely grooving on is what you are hearing me through right now. This is a brand new broadcast microphone called the Ethos from Earthworks, uh, which is a microphone manufacturer that I've loved since the 90s. That was the first time I bought some of their uh, mics, and they have released mics now specifically for, you know, the new world of broadcasting, which is all of us sitting around and somebody sitting in their bedroom doing a podcast or a YouTube video, and um, they're, they're really high-end mics that sound great for broadcast and that are not very expensive, but that have, you know, that level of quality. The, the big one, the one that I think is going to be the real game changer is not the Ethos, but it's the Icon, which is a $400 microphone that has got a USB connection on it and you plug it in and it sounds fantastic and finally we have USB mics that are not horrendously expensive but that actually sound really good so if we're going to be using Zoom and all of that kind of thing we might as well at least have people be able to sort of hear our voices on the other end. You know what that microphone really does sound good it has a really good like creamy lusciousness and the low mids I mean I can just tell right off the bat it's like a it's like uh, the sure what the seven the SM seven the SM seven. It's like yeah. that on on steroids. It has that. It has that broadcast like little. It has that broadcast sound to it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, no, I love it. I it's think it's great. Good. And it doesn't. Uh, it's a really pleasant roll off on the high end, right? It doesn't. Right. You don't. It doesn't. It's not getting raspy, and you don't hear all those. Yeah, there's no sibilance. You know, they've they've managed to contour the high end well, and it's seven hundred bucks. So, you know, if you're doing professional voiceover work, you can buy a U87 for three thousand dollars, or you can buy a TLM103, I guess, for I don't know what twelve hundred bucks now. Thousand bucks, thousand bucks. Yeah. Um, So, but I think that this. You know, depending upon your voice and what it is that you're going for, I think that this microphone plays in that same sandbox. If you needed to thicken up your voice, like I desperately need to, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a good microphone because yeah. it, it it adds a nice body to it. I I can tell, and uh, yeah, it will make me sound instead of a twelve year old, maybe sound like you know eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be curious to try it up. Um, yeah. We have an SM7 we could put it up against. I'd be curious to yeah. do like an AB yeah. thing. 
that that would be interesting. I'm going to be doing a video. I'll, I'll borrow it because I'm going to be doing a video in which I was going to AB it against my RE20 and my TLM103 and, you know, an SM57 or something, you know, just a few things. So it would be great to be able to get the other big broadcast mic yeah, the, out there to try them all. The oh, is it a dynamic mic? It's a dynamic mic. No, it's 48 volt condenser. Okay. And it's just, you can't see it there, but the build quality is beautiful. It's machined out of stainless steel and it's just solid. It's a a solid mic. The grill on it, the grill on both those mics are just, they're gorgeous. It's a gorgeous looking microphone. That's all. Earthworks rules, you know, they, they, I mean, not to, you know, not to put a commercial on it, but they, they started out, well, they were, they were formed by David Blackmer, the founder of DBX, right? who was this incredible electrical engineer. And his goal was to be able to create mics that had as little coloration as possible. And he was way into having mics that were flat to 40 kilohertz. And his first mic preamp actually was flat to 100 kilohertz. So um, he was really into that. Uh, the QTC1s, which are a pair of Omnis that I have, um, they have they're, you know, they're tiny, right? The capsule is absolutely tiny. I'm sure you've seen those before, right, Bobby? The, 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 no, it's I haven't. The, the Omni mic that's... Uh, it's like a cylinder, but then it tapers to a really fine tip at the very end. With a little ball at the end or not? No, no ball not at all. Way. No, it just ends. It's just, and they're absolutely gorgeous, like in pairs. I have seen them. Yeah. I have. They look like reference microphones. They yes. used to use them on yes. the RTA. Yes. Exactly yes. so. And they're fantastic in classical settings. If you want to just pick up a choir or a string quartet or something like that, they're awesome because they're super neutral. And uh, my favorite use of them is on is on uh, drum overheads because the sparkle and the ping of the cymbals on, a, on those things is just absolutely unbelievable. That's great. So anyway. Well, that microphone, I'll tell you, speaking of drums, that would make a good Tom microphone. It'd, It'd be interesting, it would, yeah. Because you wouldn't get all that high-end rattle off that, but you'd get that... I mean, it'd be nice and thick. Well, let me know when you've got a drum date coming up and uh, <laughs> you can give it a try. That would be it. Hey, how about you, Bobby? Uh, got anything? New, te- uh, any, new technology. Any I don't new really, gear, I haven't anything? bought any new stuff. Just new plugins, uh, new stuff. Pretty, as you can see, my little rig behind me, my mobile rig behind me is pretty basic. Four, four computers networked together, still running New Endo 11. Um, I mean, I'm on the road, as you well know. Uh, so, I'm not on the road, but I'm away from my main studio. So, I don't really have anything. I haven't been purchasing anything. I've got a, what have I got? Nothing, really. I haven't bought any new technology um, other than sample sets, you know, maybe music libraries, a couple of those. Um, but I've just been, I've been pretty just cranking um, doing music. Um, so I haven't really been, um, I haven't also really been inspired to get new technology because I'm, as you know, uh, in an apartment here in Sydney. Uh, and working and uh, my buddy's got a lovely studio down the street from me with an SSL and everything so if I need it anywhere I can go down there but I really haven't needed to and everything I've done is on the computer so I'm really not I haven't really bought any new gear um I tr- as I say I've got a 414 mic and a, a SM7 as you can see there when I do vocals or guide vocals or acoustic guitars and that's it and what um, kind of music have so, you been doing um at uh, well I've done now I'm on a CD 52 of my new music library uh, Whoa. new commercial music library yeah I got released uh, just got released Wait, worldwide just about CD 52 Yeah did you start counting at 50 uh, uh, no, <laughs> one and a half. Oh my, fifty-two! No yeah, writers Hopefully, we'll be a hundred in about two years' time. I just got a, a worldwide release through um, uh, Five Alarm or um, uh, Anthem, which is great. So it's you know it's around the world and it's getting used here, and that's it. So that's been my my that's my uh, my four hundred one k kind of work. Uh, sort wow. of. Wow. So, so it's actually fun because it's um, um, 
you know, so my, I've got two libraries. My other one's Trailer Trash, which is trailer orientated, which is lovely, but it's also very limited because it's trailers. I, it's, it's that genre. So right now, for example, I'm in the middle, although I'm not very enjoying it right now, but I'm in the middle of doing a, a hip hop record, which is like hip hop drama, like a combination. So the whole library is based on television for TV and underscore and, and uh, documentaries and reality TV. So yeah, it's just that sort of stuff. So and are you, is, does each CD have a theme or how, how is it um, organized? Yeah. Each CD has a theme. Um, basically, uh, you know, for example, a neutral drama is one of the themes. Uh, jazz is, is an, you know, another one. Um, R and B dance, EDM, uh, traps, trap hop, hip hop. Um, and, uh, what else I've got? I've got like uh, piano, uh, you know, all of them have themes. Yeah, they all have pretty strong themes, um, and they all got different styles of music on them. And each each track has multiple submixes, and every track has the stem mix, and also have Atmos mixes as well available. But that's not been requested yet. So, wow. so it's pretty pretty full on library, but it's good and it's good. And uh, you know, it's just for um, as you know, there's music everywhere these days, and yeah. people are you know most of the time using it and licensing it and whatever. So it's uh, it's a good industry. It's a good secondary business to be in when you're not, you know, when you're not writing for someone else, populate your own music library. If you have a deal or have a concept and I've done so many libraries for other people and I helped, you know, sort of establish uh, ABC's music library 23 years ago. Wow. And that was a great grounding for me. So now I, you know, kind of using my own skills to do my own now. Just fun. That's, that's fantastic, man. That's, that's yeah. really great. And I keep, I've got to start hiring other writers. I've been doing most of it. Uh, with a man, uh, with my buddy Andy Innocent, South Africa has been doing a lot of it, and then a couple other buddies have been doing some. But um, and now I'm doing most of the new stuff now because I'm basically not working uh, when I'm here. Um, but I'm just going to start hiring guys around the country and the world, mostly in the US. But either way, it's just so out. amazing. The the thing that I think is so cool about it, Bobby, is uh, you know what a musical chameleon you are. If you've you know has if you have such a rich you know life of musical experience behind you that you can authentically do hip hop and jazz and swing and you know name your yeah, you know name you. your poison. It's so cool. Thank you so much. You know, to, to be I'll be very honest. I mean, um, a lot of those styles are not my home wheelhouse, but I do live within it to to, to acclimate and get get kind of used to it. You know, I'm certainly the hip hop is not my wheelhouse. I'm obviously too old. Um, for, for a lot of the, the most current styles. But, you know, I, I do. I spend a, two or three weeks and just steep myself in all the new stuff coming out. I've got a lot of buddies, uh, uh, friends of mine who are really good hip-hop producers, do big artists, and I call them up and say, hey, what's, what's, the, big, what's the big banging thing now? And they're like, oh, try this out, check out Slice, check out this, check out that. And then I go and get the authentic, you know, currently the, the, the authentic tools, and then I listen to a lot of Spotify and just educate myself. I mean, I... Essentially, as you well know, it's music is music. So um, you can listen to a hip hop track and kind of work out what's going on. But to be to do it authentically, it's, it's a little tricky. So, but thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. I mean, I I get close to it certainly. You <laughs> should probably you should probably consider uh, getting like some TR eight hundred eight samples or something. Maybe <laughs> uh, is, there, is that a, is, I don't know about that. It, what is that then? Uh, it's never never mind. It's, it's, it's coffee on coffee you. maker. They use. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I really didn't know. I mean, it's it's just a. Uh, Hang on, what, what have we got here? Nothing like, uh, actually, nothes like this, right? God's sakes. I've got all these horrible sounds. Well, I won't bore you now because you can't, you can't hear me on the speaker anyway. But yeah, I mean, we've got, um, I've put all these, uh, you've 
You can't hear that on the phone. Oh, it sounds spectacular over Zoom. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sounds like undersea water, right. like a submarine getting hit by it. Wait, yeah, is exactly. That, is that a cardboard <laughs> box? What is that? <laughs> two, yeah, the two-bit audio. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. It's, it's fun. It's certainly fun. Well, that's great. Uh, it's amazing, though. I mean, hip-hop, the, um, you know, it's a very powerful form of music, a very most popular form of music now. Um, but if you go back and go back to the 80s and 90s, a lot of the original, uh, the original stuff it's also very fun. There's a lot of fun stuff. So oh, yeah. I borrow from that too. It's kind of cool. No, it's it's definitely cool. And you know, when it comes to technology, uh, a lot of technology came through hip hop, especially with uh, with the bass and bass drums and drum machines and things like that. I mean, there's there's those guys were doing stuff back in the day. You know, when I was keyboard teching for Teddy Riley and and Guy and uh, the way he was uh, programming his drums and the new Jack Swing. There's a lot of really cool stuff that's grown up through through that genre of music. So that's really cool. Well, I'm glad you're doing well out there, Bobby. It's great. Rob, how about you? Any Thank any you. new stuff? Well, I it had actually been quite a while since I bought any audio technology but recently i had to up my microphone game a little bit because i'm going to be producing a uh, a video podcast that i'm trying to do like a whole level of production higher than what you you hear in most hear and see in most video podcasts so i've been uh, acquiring some gear i think <coughs> excuse me i think we talked about on a previous show for video editing and capture i've gotten into like davinci resolve and some of the black magic hardware and that stuff but I decided for this podcast, there is going to be a lot of like sitting and talking and interviews and, and conversations, but I wanted to get away from that form, like everybody just sitting at a desk behind a laptop and a microphone. It's kind of been... What we're doing now, uh, you mean? Yeah, kind of exactly what we're doing now. And this oh, yeah. isn't video, so at least people aren't seeing it. But for this podcast I'm doing, I want it to look a little different. So what I wanted to do, and I actually consulted with Mike and some of my other... Uh, buddies around here who've done a lot of live sound i got some wireless lavaliers i want to play with but the the main thing and, and i got some sennheiser uh for the lavaliers they're reliable and we're not going any huge distances so i i found some stuff there that was really affordable and sounded good but the thing i was excited to get into was some shotgun mics and I had used shotgun mics a zillion times in the studio, but it was usually the clients bringing them in or they'd be rented i never actually owned any shotgun mics mm. So I ended up uh, getting a pair of Sennheiser 416s. That's the one. Which is awesome. And I told Mike, I also just found a Sennheiser 816 on eBay, and it was a rough and tumble uh, fight for it, but it's never been opened or used. I guess it was sold by a widow whose husband worked for one of the big networks, and he must have had a big collection. He had never even taken this mic out of the box. Wow. So brand new condition. Isn't that amazing? I just scored that. I just had to get one of the little Phantom Power to 12-volt adapters for it. But it's brand new. So now I've got – I think the 416s are what I'm usually going to use, but I wanted to have the 816 – as what is the 816? Is that a stereo version? No, it's no. just a much longer version. Than- longer version. I've only seen it like twice, so that's what's so crazy. You don't you don't come across them that, but they're they have a bigger reach and a smaller um, target area than the 416. Right, it's more it's like more focused, more zoomed in. Super awesome double hypercardio. Yeah, exactly. It's- <laughs> but it's also it's like I don't know. It's like more than two feet long like it's really really long and skinny and did the guy maybe the guy bought it to commit suicide and didn't realize it was a gun (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, no. I did not ask, but I was able to score it, and I'm I'm excited to have it. So now, because for this for this podcast, what I realized because I've done some tests now with the talent I'm going to be using, we've done tests with labs, and it sounds fine. And I've I've had them sit at desks and try that, and obviously that sounds fine. But I've found now if I have these booms just right out of frame, pointing down, it sounds incredibly good. And then they're not encumbered with you know a lav or anything that makes them self conscious. And right. so, and also the crackling and rustling of labs and exactly, stuff like you don't have to worry about any of that. And it sounds really really good. The trick is, I guess. A lot of people, including me in the beginning, had an idea that because it's a, a shotgun mic, you can put it you know, a mile and a half away and it's just going to be like a laser beam picking it up. Yeah. You still have to be right on top of the audio. And, and like when we've done ADR and, and use them in my studio, you know, they have to be really close to the talent. But for a podcast like this, they can be right out of frame and they sound absolutely great. So I'm, I'm very great. excited. And yeah. if the room's decent, if the room's not got massive first reflections and stuff. No, and the room where we're going to be doing this is it's it's pretty dead. It's actually it sounds really good. That the That's boom, the I'll always go to a boom if it's in a quiet. If I'm doing an interview and it's in a quiet space, the boom will always sound. It's just much so better much than better than, than the lab. lab. And the labs have gotten really good. No, they have. And even the new Sennheisers that are kind of one button and go like you don't have to adjust anything like in the old days it's super easy and they sound fine but you're never going to get the sound out of a tiny little capsule like that that you would out of the shotgun so i have one i have one question for you about sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no no we're good i was just going to ask you is the you know the the one downside about the 416 um is that you can get some pretty serious off-axis coloration pretty quickly you can yes so are you having any conversations with the people that you're interviewing to make sure that they keep their head, you know, relatively in the same place? Yeah. And the way we're structuring this, they're probably not going to be sitting that close to each other. So they're each going to be on a different access chair (laughs) where they get zapped if they move. Um, If it's, if it's things where, uh, if, if I have them sitting close together and I want to pick them up on one kind of an omni mic in the room, that'll be a different approach. But mm. my, my thought so far has been, and we're, we're actually going to test this next week. Um, I think for part of this, they're going to be in easy chairs, like a few feet apart. I like the idea of having a shotgun on each one of them. Uh, and we'll see how the coloration is. Uh, you know, all you got to do with, in that situation is, is find out where they're focused and then just come in at, at that. Right. Approach. So but if, if they're moving around a lot, shotguns are not so good. No, that's true. That's um, 100%. But I do have, uh, you know, I have some Omni mics. We'll try. I have other things we'll try. And we will have the labs. But um, I'm, I'm curious to try this with the shotguns just because, like, I have, I have a, a friend, Linda Bard, uh, and her husband, Michael Bard, is a producer up in Portland. And they do all their voiceover using an 816, actually. Yeah. Uh, and it just always sounds amazingly great. And so they were some of my... Uh, like inspiration for getting that mic to be able to try it. And sure enough, it just, it sounds spectacular. So we'll see what the off axis coloration is like. Also, I could end up doing an automated mix thing where as each person's talking, the other person's mic is knocked down a little bit. Um, and you know, some auto gain control, Hmm. but we're going to do some tests next week and we'll see. I want it to be basically fully loaded. So we'll have the labs, we'll have the shotguns, and we'll have the tabletop mics, and we'll have some Omni there you go. things going on. And we'll see what works. <laughs> if you need to borrow more, I've got a 416, and I have a Neumann shotgun as well, which so, is really ooh, pretty interesting. Wait, oh, nice. So yeah. the 416 is about, what, about a foot? A foot-ish. Foot-ish. The 816 is about... About double. Two feet. What does the 1616 look like? 
you can't even get it in a row. <laughs> it's just like a barbell. So how about you, Mike? Have you 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 have a hard time not acquiring toys? Well, you know, uh, I've got a lot to say, a lot to say when it comes to this because. Um, I basically had to set myself up to uh, be employed. <laughs> so I put together a studio, and it's going to lead, when I'm done telling you what some of the things I acquired, it's going to lead to the next part of the, uh, of the podcast where I'm going to ask you guys a question. But yes, I've actually, I've, um, I've invested in some really cool gear that I want to talk about. Um, one of the most important things that I did, I've mixed two films and I've done two TV shows. Um, I just finished a pilot, um, and I did a documentary, so it was busy in Mike land. Um, and, uh, what's amazing is the way technology, I consider myself a journeyman mixer. Like I, I, you know, I just I make a living doing what I do. I've yeah, I have a, a Clio. I've done in awards, but I'm like one of you. I'm just out there, just just doing it, you know. And 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 uh, I use normal gear, and I don't spend a ton of money on my studio because I can't afford to spend a ton of money on my studio if, in order to do this. And so I go for the best bang for the buck, and there's a couple of things that I got that just have been just phenomenal. And one of them, believe it or not, is a metering plugin. Um, with all the different standards and with everything that you're doing with TV and film and streaming like that... Um, it's super critical now to know exactly what's going on with your levels. I mean, you just have to know because you never know <clears throat> what standard you're going to have to mix to, what standard you're going to have to convert to. For instance, I mixed something and I was thinking they didn't give me any direction and I knew it was probably going to be streaming. So I mixed to net to Netflix spec, right? Well, Netflix spec is, you know, it's minus 27 and you've got some headroom and, and that's just seems like a really good place to mix. Well, then you have to convert that to EBU-128, which is not minus 27. It's like minus 23, I think, or 24. And you have a, you just have less headroom and stuff like that. Anyhow, all this to say is you have all these standards that are going on. And so, um, you know, Insight's always been really good. I've used Insight from Isotope. But I found one um, called the Ulean Loudness. Um, Ulean? Yeah, yeah Ulean. I've used that before. And it's Fantastic, because the one thing this does is, you know, if you used Insight, they have a lot of information. All these plugins that, that do levels and stuff like that, they have great information. But the one thing Ulean does, which is so cool, is it, you know how you have levels and how it tracks over time, and you can tell, usually it goes in the red, you have like a little line that draws across. The cool thing about Ulean is on, so just imagine one side where you have your, your graph where it's showing you your levels but on the on the vertical axis it does this little waveform where it shows you where your mix has been um by this little this little bump so you're like reading a waveform on the side as you're getting the time that's going across so you can see at like Okay. Oh, it's hitting at minus twenty-four. Here, 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 here. Oh, a little dip here, here. And then you can see on um, during the the length of time where that's going, so you can kind of imagine what's going on. Anyhow, all that to say is it's it's hard for me to describe how useful that is. But as I'm mixing and I glance over, you can kind of tell where your trends are super fast. 
over what amount of time and exactly where you're spiking and hitting. It's just there's just a lot of really cool information. Fast, you know, you don't have to look at anything. I just keep it. And it supports all these standards. And it has all the standards in it. It has all these presets for all the different standards. And, and how are you feeding it? Uh, it's coming right off my. Um, I have a meter bus, so I have a meter bus on my mix template. Okay. So I just send the mix to. It's one of the splits off of it, so I I can have my meters running on that. Nice. Um, and and what about his multi tracks? Are you, are you, uh, what are you mixing to? What format? It can well five one right now. Um, okay, doing a bunch of five one, um, and it it works great. It works. It can you do seven one? I haven't had to do any seven one. Have you guys been expa- playing on learning how to do Atmos? <laughs> yes, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, yeah, I got really into it. Yeah. So uh, so that that's been one of the things that I've worked with. It, just that little. It's made a ton of difference because it's just it's, it's inexpensive. It's not that expensive at all. I want to say it's like twenty nine dollars or fifty nine dollars. Yeah, that's it's, not much. It's not much at all, and it's just another another tool. And I just got so used to it. It's so easy to to monitor your work. Um, the other you thing, have a loudness track. Is there a loudness track in Pro Tools yet or not? They have it. Have a loudness track or not? What do you mean a loudness track? Uh, well, in New Endo, you play your mix, and it it, it reports. It, it draws a whole track along. A visual display of well, the, the well, lux. you could do that with like Insta. There's there's plugins that that do that. That'll yeah, exactly. That. But it's part of the app, so it, it draws like a luffs graph, and you can say, oh, "I want 23 luffs," and it will it will hit 23 luffs. It will analyze it first, and then once you play down your your content, it says, "Okay." And you're, you're two laughs off or three laughs down or now, whatever. They don't have that built into Pro Tools, but um, you can use like LM Correct, which will analyze okay. your, will analyze your um, your mix and will tell you all that information. And okay. LM Correct will also correct it for you if you need to knock it into shape. So it, it's actually cool. pretty good. Cool. That works on multi track as well as stereo. Um, I've used that a couple times. Mike, I did have a question about your process really quickly, yeah. which is if what you're saying is that you know you're you're mixing to the Netflix loudness standard but then you're having to go and redo it to go to the ebu standard or whatever what about just creating like the world's most complex pro tools template in which you're you know like taking the master mix and you're splitting it out to multiple different things and you recording them all at once that would be fantastic but right now my main computer is a laptop oh oh oh, oh. so that's like i'm very cpu and, right. and to be honest like I, that only happened in this one movie and we're still working it out because it's it really collapsed it a little too much so I may actually have to get in there and do some tweaking but um, I haven't had that problems with some of the other stuff that I did but you know you just be aware that it, that it's out there you know the different standards um, but uh, yeah that's well that's the other thing too is is I'm doing <laughs> here's a great example so I put together a 5-1 system at my house I didn't have a lot of money to spend on speakers I actually talked about this in the podcast I spent on all my speakers I would say because I bought them on sale and I've got the M audios which I knew and I just needed some monitoring and they were on sale I spent 600 bucks now I have a really great subwoofer I have an M and K subwoofer which I've had forever but my speakers were, were $600 for my surrounds. And, um, and it's serviceable. It's definitely something that I can work on. I can hear what I'm doing. But you need to check, right? So I, I took <laughs> what's so great about technology nowadays is I can do this on my laptop. I can run Ultimate. And then the biggest pig in the whole process is playing video back at the same time the avid video engine is such a hog it just takes so much resources so 
I was thinking, what do I do? Well, VideoSync Pro. If you get VideoSync, or actually just VideoSync um, Pro 5, it, it's made by um, Lethal Lethal Software or something like that. Anyhow, just look up VideoSync. I can actually, um, I have a MacBook Mini um, M1, and I put that, and I do a network connection between the two, and I can play back the video off my Mac mini and it doesn't tax any of my pro tool session and it's in sync. I mean, it follows all your edits, the whole shebang. You set it up with the MIDI time code and and everything. And it, and it, and it just chases with no problem. So it's just MIDI time code out of pro tools. Exactly. And what I do is, so when I first set that up, I had some issues with my wireless network. All of a sudden, it'd be playing, and then all of a sudden, the video sync would, would just go out of whack. It'd be it'd glitch. I'm going, what's going on? And I was getting hits from my, my Wi-Fi because of neighbors and stuff like that. So I said, forget that. I just set up a wired network. And so I made, I bought a small hub, and I just networked the two computers Always together. Always the best. And it's rock, Always. rock solid, rock solid. So... I took this setup. I've mixed a couple, like I said, I've mixed a couple things. I've mixed a um, uh, documentary. And um, in the documentary, I actually took it to Rob's place, Rob's studio, and um, what, because he has a really great monitoring system. And so I wanted to listen to it back. And it was so easy. I just brought my interface, I brought my laptop, and then I brought my other laptop. And it just, I just got, um, you know, quarter inch to TT cables plugged straight into the speakers and it worked amazing. Yeah, it was a really good session. It it was the session and the the clients were happy and it was really, really good. And it's just like technology nowadays to be able to do that when on a laptop, like feature films, full length documentaries, the whole shebang. And, and the whole, what made it possible was getting that video off my laptop. It was so bad that when it was on my laptop, I would start with a full charge at a hundred percent and it was a race to 0% because even though it was plugged in, the battery still it still lost power. It still lost power. Wow. It still lost power. Because you're sucking so much energy. Yeah, people don't realize when your laptop's plugged in, you're not actually running off the power. The power's charging the battery and you're running off the battery. So yeah. it's and and I literally I was doing this one mix and I had to it went all the way down to ten percent. I would have to turn off the computer. I'd take an hour or so you know, break and come back and it'd be up to like 65%. And then I'd keep working and it would go down and you take a forced break. And, um, and that was actually the first uh, feature film that I did on this thing. And it was just nuts. And that's what made me like, I got to think of a different workflow. And it's when you offload the video, then you don't have that problem yeah. anymore. Um, so that was that whole, that whole technology, just the whole way you can mix nowadays, um, on your laptop, uh, just, you know, you can do things that, you, you know, years ago would, it would have been too much to, for you to even think about doing it. And now you can do it. I was running, let's see on that. I was probably running about maybe about 125 tracks, you know, it's not 
com- you know, it's nothing compared to a Scott Gershon 1200 track special, but still 125 tracks is that's nothing. That's to, a lot of tracks. That's yeah. nothing to sneeze about. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's, that whole setup really forced me into, um, just getting bang for the buck and spending money on things that, that work for me. So I did that on, on the other side, I, I still do a lot of filming and I still, you know, I do a lot of content and I got, I got the, so I used to carry my 416 and I had this whole sound package that I would have to travel with when I flew and I, and, you know, and filmed other places. And I was thinking, how can I do it? even smaller you know when you're was it in a, like a little pelican case or something yes but now if i have to take my lights and i got to take everything and i got to check and carry on what's the smallest thing i can get and i found the most amazing shotgun mic the dpa 4097 they have this interview kit and it's a shotgun mic that no lie it's about two inches long it's wow. tiny and and it's made to like capture choirs you see it on a, if you ever see a tv special and and you see the like the boom stand with the really thin neck and you see a tiny little microphone at the end that's probably the dpa um, microphone it could be an earthworks too but these are just tiny little capsule things two inches long it works amazing. It's like you got to get a little closer than four sixteen. It doesn't sound like a four sixteen. Oh, it doesn't have quite the low end because you don't have this the same size. But man, in the dialogue in that dialogue area, it sounds great. And and it's two inches, so the whole thing packs up into what used to take me a Pelican case. I can put it in a pouch and put so cool. the pouch inside. And then I bought a stand that's super lightweight. And I was like, all right get this little stand get this boom it's it's so tiny and so light now it's just amazing it's just technology you know i think it's the invasion of i mean there has been small tech for a long time but it used to just sound like crap oh no and things are are small you can now get things that are small that are just as powerful that sound great and that do what it is that you need to do that used to take a whole lot more yeah. Well, let me tell you about one other thing, and this is going to lead to a question that I'm going to open up to you guys. So one of the things that I did is, um, as you know, on the po- last podcast, I was starting to work with PMC, and I was starting to um, get exposed to their whole line of, uh, of speakers. And I kept on hearing these guys talk about PMC speakers and how good the clarity was and how good the imaging was and just just raving and raving and raving. So finally, I got my hands on a pair and I I got to borrow a pair so that I could learn what I was talking about. And so I got a hold of a PMC six and as soon as I plugged it in, they sounded amazing. It was it's like the new technology for speakers. And I've heard a lot of speakers because I've been in a lot of studios. But it's almost like someone takes a towel and just lifts it off your speaker. It sounded so clear. And it's not not high-endy. It's just clear, the clarity, the tightness. Everything was just there. And so I mixed a show on it. I mixed, I mixed a documentary on it. And the documentary was in 5.1, but I didn't have 5.1. So what I did is I... I literally did the 5-1 mix, and then I down-mixed 
and I monitored off my stereo because I figured most people were going to be listening on the stereo version anyhow. So I was, and I'll listen to the up mix when I, I knew I was going to another studio. I knew I was going to Rob's place actually to, to do the full mix and the, the final master. So I did all the mixing in stereo at my house on these speakers. I went to Rob's place, the Genelex, I plugged it in and let me tell you, the translation was amazing, and it and the Genelex sounded so silky smooth. It just sounded so good, and it's because I took care of all the problems because I had these speakers that the imaging and it was so clean and so good that it was so easy for me to just dial in and to fix things. And it was one of those things where. That speaker literally made me a better mixer. It made me a better mixer, and it got me thinking. There's a lot of technology out there that people have to make hard decisions about what they're going to spend their money on, right? And these speakers aren't inexpensive, but... I will tell you that if you're a mixer and you spend money on speakers of this caliber, you will be a better mixer. You will, because you will hear things and you'll be able to work better and you'll be able to image better because you hear it all. And all these guys were saying, well, you know, I I don't have to, you know, do a bunch of car checks because if I mix it well on these speakers, then it sounds great. And I can attest to that. It's so true. You mix it on this, it's going to sound great because you're going to hear it right. And it'll travel. It'll travel to what other speakers. And it got me thinking about technology. And this is where you guys come in. I want to know, listen how I formed this question because I'm going to ask you. What technologies have you found that will make you better, a better mixer, a better engineer? And I'm not saying what technologies are, are good, um, because, for instance, I think if you had a limited budget and you go out and you bought some Razoo EQ, I think that's ridiculous. There's a lot of great EQs out there, right? That's, that's, you got plugins, you've got a bunch of stuff that you can EQ with. I would say an EQ may not necessarily make you a better mixer, uh, like the speakers make you a better mixer. But on the other hand, if you spend some money on a decent microphone, that can actually make your sound better, you know, and that can actually elevate you if you're tracking because you'll hear things, you'll hear stuff that on a cheap microphone you can't. But what about the mic pre? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I just want your guys' opinion. Nick, is there a technology that, or a product that you think will make someone a better mixer, tracking engineer, fill in the blank? Someone or, or me? You, anybody. I'm just, I'm looking at this. The reason why I'm putting this out there is because I want, this is going to be advice for guys that have a limited budget. Right. So, you, you know, you have, 2500 bucks you got 5 grand. If you had 5 grand, first thing I would tell them to do is go buy PMC6s. Go buy a great monitor because you literally it makes a difference. But having said that, what would you Well, tell them? I mean the thing about that, yes. Sure, but the but all of the links in the chain have to be solid as well. Right. So using a Digi 001 or, you know, an an Mbox with a pair of $5000 speakers isn't going to be doing you a whole but lot. But I will good. tell you this, you will get the best mix you can out of that Digi OO. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I, I mean, I guess if if the question is, what are what are tools that can make you a better tracking engineer, a better mixer? I mean, the first thing off the top uh, that I would say would be to get um, a killer mic preamp. 
so I've had a pair or a set of Millennium Media HV3D, you know, mic preamps for 30 years. And I plug into them and I just use them and they're fantastic. And I've got a bunch of other stuff. I've actually got, you know, a couple of Telefunken V76s and a couple of V72s. I mean, I got some nice stuff. So would but, you go mic pre before mic? Um, <clears throat> or mic before mic pre? Well, I would try to balance both of them. I would get one really good mic and one really good mic pre at the same time. I, because, you know what? I'm with you. I would go with a great mic pre and a decent microphone yeah. and then work up because I think a great mic pre will make that decent microphone sound even better. Yeah. But if you had a great microphone on a bad mic pre, it's going to be, it's, it's not going to, you're not going to get the most. You know, there are, there are lots of really, really solid microphones out there in the sub $1,000 range. I think Bobby just mentioned he's using a 414, which is, you know, of course, one of those, uh, a TLM-103, you know, it's a Neumann. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have a transformer in it, but it's a nice-sounding mic, and it's very, very reasonable across a lot of different things. You know what? Right? There's even cheaper SM57, than that. SM57, SM6, SM7. Yeah, yeah there's SM7. a lot of stuff. So there's you get, a- yeah, you get an SM7 and a cloud lifter, and then you plug that into a nice mic preamp, and Bob's your uncle, there, man. You've there, got a really right. nice sound That's going a good one. right there. Bobby, how about you? What, what? Yeah, I mean, I mean... This, this, it's, it's a hard question to answer. I know. Um, That's why I'm budget, but because you're asking because of budget, I would say, and it's the it's the least expensive thing to do. But make sure the acoustics and the place you're listening in, irrespective of how good the speakers are or the microphone you're yes. using, Bing. it's so funny. Is, 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 is a good environment. Now you can see my room. I'm sitting in right. I've got I've got absolutely I've got fur on the walls with packing blankets behind them hung off the walls. That's obviously for trapping and, and low frequency control and high frequency control. Uh, that's more important to me than having a really good Neumann in this room because I can't hear. You can only hear with what you can hear, and those speakers will only produce what their that the environment will allow it to do. So whatever set of speakers you have, having them located in a room. Um, so my point being is that will make you a better recording engineer and a better mixer because you will hear less clouded information, which will make you make better decisions, which will hopefully get you closer to your personality uh, and what you want to hear. Because I think even ch- crap speakers, I mean, I mixed most of my life on NS10s, the old versions, and they're crap, along with Auratones, and they're crap. But I got, and most of us did, got to used to hear through crap speakers or a speaker. We most probably could do a half decent mix on a pit of speakers that we've never even heard before, most probably. But if the room is really, really bad, and if the acoustics of that room is disgusting, or they're stuck in a corner, or they're on a cardboard box, or you're on a wooden crate, or whatever it is, um, it, it just is not a. That will be the cheapest and the biggest improvement of your uh, creative, uh, your, your sonic quality output, or, or what you're hearing. And I, I think that's really the case. I see so many people, they have speakers on wooden tables and they have them halfway off the wall and then uh, just just silly stuff. And I'm going, dude, you know, I mean, you've got a TV right here next to that speaker and you've got a big old first reflection coming off of there and people don't really think about it, but it's true. If you just put the speakers in a better spot, um, not a sterile room, but in a better spot and just pay a little more attention, you'll have a little bit better uh, outcome and you'll get much better, much more predictable uh, recordings, mixes and whatever. Now, knowing that everybody in the world doesn't have a recording studio to listen in, 
and we all know that with 5.1 and the advent of multiple speakers, there's more badly set up speakers than ever before in the world, uh, including the one speaker that the wife doesn't want. So they have to, the guy puts it on the floor and then one's up behind the plant because they don't <laughs> want the cat to get to it. And the one, the sub base can't be there. No, we have to put it in the kitchen. It's like, ah, uh, okay. But <laughs> uh, definitely for your, your environment, the cheapest amount of bucks is get yourself whatever speakers you think are good, but treat the room nice. Yeah. And do a bit of research as to where to put the speakers for the size and shape and, and the room um, uh, ratios, your room ratios. That would be the biggest help. That really, really will. And then I would say if you've got no dough, go and buy yourself an SM57 for 50, 80, or 80 bucks and buy yourself an inexpensive Class A mic pre. And, and you'll be you'll be rocking, be rocking. So, Bobby, you're absolutely right. There's a couple of things that are really inexpensive. Um, rock wool is so inexpensive at a hardware store, and you can make yourself amazing absorption out of some burlap, out of some two-by-twos, and some rock wool, and it works beautifully. You don't have to spend a lot of money on that at all. Um, and the other thing I would say is that Bobby Osinski, our other Bobby, has a magnificent um, lecture on YouTube about how to create home acoustics, and that would be the first place I would aim someone towards to be able to really learn yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah it's true and it's the cheapest thing it's it's amazing um you know sound will travel (laughs) and you can stop it you can change it you can really fix it um inexpensively really really and it you know can be really kind of fun you can do it creatively as well rock wall cover it up with some cool funky colors or whatever bobby it's so great that you said that because that's actually i have a list of of things and so far Nick hit one of the points on the list and, and acoustics were another one because funny enough, when I put my studio together, Nick was a savior because he gave me a couple bass traps and some acoustic um, panels yeah. and that just tightened up, you know, bass traps. Just it, I put two in the front of my studio and man, I it just tightened it up. And that's so, you're so right because look, some of these speakers are amazing. If you get close enough, you know, you can overcome some bad acoustics, but the thing is, is when your acoustics get better, it just all gets better. It all just becomes focused. And that's really the thing is you want to help your speakers become focused. So that's, you know, that's, that's great. I totally agree. And also a lot of the new, uh, not the new, but I mean, obviously popular music for the last 30 years has been very much, Bass heavy, yep. low frequency heavy, more so than the earlier days. The eighties were less bottom end, you know. Yeah, um, so with you know, with, with the styles R and B, hip hop, uh, lots of dance music with eight oh eights and the nine oh nines, club yep. music and EDM. It's bottom heavy as hell. And if you have an inefficient room, it really does show up. And the, the low frequencies, I mean, high frequencies, our brains kind of think through them, and we can, you know, our brain switches off a lot of the uh, first reflections, and we can hear through it, so to speak. But the low frequencies, when you've got modes booming around it's just so confusing you just can't tell what you're doing and that's the one that and low frequencies are the ones that are hardest to make tra- trans uh, translate from speaker to room and speaker to speaker yep and that for me that's one of the things uh, this is totally gonna be a commercial right now but i don't care <laughs> the pmc's like the pmc sixes and the pmc six twos the six twos you don't even need a sub, you know, especially when you're mixing that kind of stuff. And and I got turned on to those without the sub because I interviewed Tizio, who's, you know, Chris Brown's mixer has done all this stuff. And um, 
and he thought he needed a sub. He put him up, and sure enough, he just don't. The, the bass control that that company does is unlike anything else, and it sounds so good and it's so focused. Anyhow, enough of the commercial. <clears throat> Rob, <laughs> what about you? When I, I'll do a quick commercial for Mr. Summerfield because the same way Nick helped you when I when I wanted to improve the sound of my studio, Bobby helped me with some simple speaker placement stuff. That when he yeah. did it was like, oh, well, of course you'd want to do that. But I never thought of it. And it made such a difference. Just even aligning the front of the sub with the front of the, the main speakers. Like little adjustments that just completely changed the sound of the room. Yeah, and thank you, buddy. Yeah, no, science is amazing. I mean, it's, obviously it's also... <laughs> yeah, it continues to work, science. Does thank God for that. And, <laughs> and actually, when Mike uh, did his uh, mix stuff in, in my room a little... When was it? Last week? A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I had not actually done any surround work in the room for a while, and it sounded perfect. Like everything came back Lovely. exactly right. It was really, Beautiful. really good. Yeah, I was, and you got the Jenny still, right? You still got the Jenny. Yeah, it's all still Genlex. I know them so well. You know, I've had them forever. Yeah, I love them too. I, I got them too. And I love the idea of experimenting with the PMC. Actually, Stevie has PMCs, so I'm familiar with PMCs. But you know, I, I think about bringing in other guest speakers to try. But when I want to use something that I really know what it sounds like. You know, the Genlex are like an old pair of socks at oh, this yeah. point. You, you yeah. know, I've been listening to KRK lately, and, and they are, they're an acquired taste. A lot of people like them. Yeah, they're an acquired taste. Yeah, I have some KRKs, uh, yeah. the giant ones. I'm not used to you know what? They I've sound so here. brittle, though. That's the thing with, with the KRKs. I, I mixed in them for about three years before the, the Genlex, and... Uh, when I went the jump, the jump from KRK to Genelec oh, is totally a different giant beast. leap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, giant <laughs> leap. So it I'm, feels I, like the KRKs are, you know, a, a pair of coke-addled, you know, '80s <laughs> washed-up rock stars, and the Genelec 1031As are just like a pair of Let's not hold violinists. When <laughs> I, my, uh, I think Let we. Me, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say I put a question to you guys, but. Well, and I agree with you, Nick, about the KRKs, sort of, um, and, and like the NS10s and or whatever it used to. But if you're a rock producer or you're mixing for whatever genre of music it is, maybe there's a style of speaker that really just works for you, irrespective. And it may oh, not be yeah. the best sounding and the most colorful. I mean, maybe the most colored, but you may just like the grunginess of a KRK or a, the crappiness of a, a this or the clarity of an Adams or a, the gentleness of a Genelec or whatever it is. I think I think it's you know if you're a an ex producer whatever genre you're doing and you kind of gravitate towards that style like I used to love gold concentric tannoys I mean they're old as hell but they sounded so good with a Bryston on those things man they were so I still love them yeah they're great <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know they're so nice but you know they're not they're not for today's music but they really are good I mean Pink Floyd sounds great on them let's put it that way yeah. I would here's what I would do I would I check I'd go to their website or I'd go to whatever speaker it is and just listen to testimonials but but see what genre because I think Bobby makes a good point that's, yeah, it's a very like, good see point see what genre there are but I will tell you this I, and I know I'm going to sound like a commercial, but I've recorded, I've done interviews with rock guys. I've done Ryan Hewitt. I did Tizio. I did um, <clears throat> uh, Greg Wells. I mean, all these different genres on these freaking PMCs <clears throat> because they don't sound like any, I, I, I hate to sound like a commercial, but they really are, are 
game-changing monitors. They really are. And that's why I think I'm so excited because when you come across technology that's like, whoa, especially, I'll tell you, here's the thing, the low end, a lot of people just want to hear the low end, right? And when you get to those sub, you know, those sub uh, frequencies, those super low ends, a lot of people, it's like, well, it's omnidirectional and, you know, it just kind of goes everywhere. But man, some of this new technology is focused and it is tight and it's it's mind-blowing. It's just mind-blowing. Anyhow, I don't mean to sound like a commercial, but you're right. There are certain speakers that definitely are certain genres, you know, and, and are aimed at that genre. So there you go. Rob, by the way, any technology that you... Yeah, I'm going to go in a different direction here because everything is so software-based these days. And a lot of my work recently has been more in the software realm, aside from uh, audio and music. But I would say we're all sitting in front of computers all day, every day. And I think one of the best things you can do for your for your entire process is to get the biggest best monitor Absolutely. for your you know screen a, a visual monitor that you can because the bigger of a playing field you have to work on like seeing as many plugins as possible you know I'm I typically work with uh, two 27 inch screens actually for one setup I just got two 28 inch screens from Samsung and they're both 4K and I'm I like things really small on the screen I like seeing as much as possible some people like to have things bigger but being able to see as much of your workspace as possible opens up a lot of possibilities. If you don't spend half your day flipping through windows and, and trying to find things, if it's all laid out in front of you, you become much more efficient. So, so I think that really affects your workflow. And I bought, like for some of the stuff I'm doing, I bought some 55-inch 4K monitors from Best Buy. They were on sale over like Christmas time. These things are cheap. We're talking a few hundred bucks for a 55-inch 4K monitor that looks spectacular. And sometimes I'll even just edit audio or video on them because it's like, it's like IMAX, you know, you're sitting in front of this giant screen and they look razor sharp. And when you have a 55 inch monitor, you can work at 4k. Like you can, even if you're doing pro Tools stuff, call up pro tools, run it on a 4k monitor like that. And it's like using pro tools in IMAX and it totally changes the game. You bring up a good point because I just went to the eye doctor two days ago and I have to have a vitrectomy in my right eye and my left eye eventually because my eyesight's failing. Obviously, I've got 20-20 vision, but I've got floaters. Anyway, so what I'm trying to do, as you can see behind me, I've got a couple of 23s side by side. I'm thinking of getting one large, big 49 concave LCD. I mean, LG rather. And I wondered if you guys had played with that because I yes, want more. Yes, I, I have yeah. an I have an ultra wide, and when I went to an ultra wide, um, I have my laptop, so I put my laptop on the side, and my main monitor is a nice big ultra wide, and it's it's heaven. It's heaven to have that giant timeline, or you can have your um, mix window up, and you can have your edit window. It's just just to have right. all that no information in the middle. Yeah. Nope. I have a Dell ultra wide concave you know gaming monitor i guess that i think i might have paid all of 350 dollars for on a black friday friday station station black friday special and it's awesome looking at that all day long i totally agree with rob and oh uh, i'd love your guys input then because i'm just about to buy one and obviously australia maybe has limited options than the new guys do but either way i can also be ordered from best buy i still got an account to ship it here but um because i definitely want to get one but what rob says is the small size I, I, i'm gonna have to start wearing glasses now because i don't normally but i'm starting to go shit i can't see this well, thing but as rob says as well we've all got like tons of tracks right? 700 tracks and plugins all over the place it's such a pain in the butt 
zooming, clicking, docking. <laughs> you spend a lot of your day just navigating around sessions. Like, well, here's the thing about the ultra wide. So, I believe it or not. Since I have my ultra wide, I was like Rob, where I like to see as much as I can. So I worked with you know the tiniest little window. Once I got my ultra wide, I went back just to HD because I have all this real estate. And even with audio, you're even though you have all the real estate, you're never really working on all that because you have it. It's you know like a, a page worth of information is all I really need at a time. And then if you want to lay out your mix so you can see all your different mix things, but instead of laying it all your information vertically, you can lay it out horizontal so you can have your plugin windows that you need. I have you know my my monitors and I still have my um, my MacBook on a stand on the side that I can keep for, well, that's actually where I put my monitors, my, uh, so I can glance over and I just see it. it my, that's the only thing that really shows that I use on my, um, on my laptop is the monitors and some plug-in windows. Everything else is going on my giant desktop and it, it works nice. out really well. Well, I'll get you guys' input, please, because I don't know what, what resolution to get. I mean, I've got a Mac Pro 2013 that I'm running here with two HDMI outputs, but I'll just use one, I guess, and that would do the job. But I don't want to hijack the conversation. You know what's amazing about all these all these uh, recommendations is there are there are definitely things that can make you better. So you know these aren't the only ones, but when you have a limited budget, just really think about you know where you're going to spend that money and what can, especially if you want to do this for a living, what's going to get you to that next level. Look, well, and I'll also say we're all at different stages of putting together our workspaces. It could be that you have a crappy chair and you need a better chair. Like no, that, that can totally change your yeah. life. Uh, you know, it's it's you have to kind of evaluate what is your current weakest link. What's stopping you? You know, if your back's going out all the time and you got to stand up and walk around, maybe a, a chair is the best <laughs> thing to invest in. You know, it, it could be, but there's definitely things that will make you better um, with it than without it. You know, yep. and, I'll, you, and, I'll, I'll add one little thing. You can't see my room obviously because my laptop's facing me, but I've got I bought an elliptical machine and I've got a, a, a yoga mat and I've got an array of free weights here. And when my computer, as we all do, sit there for 15 minutes to render something, instead of me going to have a, a cheesecake or something like that, I grab, the, I grab the weights and I go, okay, let me do like three sets of 12 of these, do some Arnold press, do some pulls, do some push-ups, just to keep muscle firmness because, believe me, none of us are getting younger, but also we're all getting sloppier as you sit in chairs all day long in the room. So that will make you a, a better human, definitely a healthier human. Not a bad idea. Just when you're, when you're rendering, instead of having a cheesecake <laughs> – Grab some weights. And if you hate exercising, buy a faster computer so it doesn't render as well. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, what are you using? What 1997 Windows machine are you using over there? No, you to... I tell you, this stuff takes a long time to render. <laughs> Try Atmos. Try it's, it's a pain in the butt. You can do Atmos. I do Atmos. We'll talk about that. I don't know if we'll, do, we'll get to it on this podcast, right, but we'll definitely in. talk it. Hey, but... Um, um, <laughs> you know, it's so funny you're talking about exercise. Just take a look at some of the great mixers out there. <laughs> you can definitely see that, that wasn't on there. Studio <laughs> Tan and McDonald's <laughs> yeah. Lodge. Anyway. Yeah, yeah I know, that's, definitely. That's pretty funny. Hey, uh, but I, I guess I'm, I'm the single one here, so that's why. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, these, these are all really great. And, and I think they're, you know, if you listen to all these, it'll help push you through. Just think about what you're going to spend. Do you need to 
spend all that money on that super Razu rack mount, you know, um, EQ, if you can't hear what that EQ does, you know, do you need to spend all that money on that expensive microphone if you, you know, don't have a good mic pre? So these are all the things that you, you got to think about. And one thing is I, I want to tell you is just remember, like, there's thousands of guys out there gunning for your same clients. So whatever you can do to give yourself a, a, a just a little leg up that's a little different from what the other guy does, you know, maybe that's that's the secret key that's going to make you better. But, um, but yeah, all that to say is there's, you know, you can make some informed decisions and, and get going. Um, I wanted to, you know, wrap this up because I know we're, uh, we're running a little bit long, but one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, you know, this whole post-COVID thing, how has it been getting back out there? Like for me, it, it was so dead and all of a sudden there just seems to be like a lot of stuff coming my way. And um, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know if this is the first wave and then once it kind of goes down, it's going to be like crickets. But uh, But it just seems like... Right now, um, things are kind of getting, at least back in Hollywood way, you know, Hollywood land, there seems to be a lot of work flowing. Um, but is it, have you guys found the same thing or is it the same for you or? or you know, three hours ago, I had to cancel a meeting for tomorrow because the person I was going to meet with got COVID today. So it's not, <laughs> so it's not, it's over. not feeling all that over. <laughs> no. uh, and I know a few people who've had it in the last couple weeks. Like it, yes, it's definitely down and I've actually been traveling a lot more and, um, yeah. you know, it, it's definitely improved, but it's certainly not over. How about, uh, you know, I, <laughs> um, uh, you know, in January. So since the last time we've recorded, um, in January, my son, got COVID and then his mother got COVID taking care of him. And so I took my daughter and the two of us were, you know, in my house quarantined for 10 days and it was kind of scary. And now in their school system, um, kids no longer have to wear masks, which I think is wonderful in a way, but it really depends on the person. My daughter is still wearing a mask to school, not because she has to, but because she's scared. And my son is different, and he's not wearing a mask, but as I said, he, he just got it. Um, we were in Disneyland, and there were an awful lot of people around, and it was, it was scary. And going into a queue for you know an attraction, we all had our masks on, and uh, that was... I, I'm, I'm not comfortable... The, the the impact that COVID has had on my psyche personally, I get very edgy when I'm around a lot of people. I don't hmm. like it. I'm not comfortable with it yet. Wow. That's interesting. I know. I, I, I don't blame you. You know what? You're right. Because I guess it's it's your own experience. Like for me, um, I was at a big crowd event back um, in September. You know, I went to the Long Beach Grand Prix and... Um, and even though a lot of people wore masks on indoors, there were a lot of people that didn't have masks outdoors. But um, but I could understand the apprehension of people. I, look, hey, we're in new territory, man. It's so funny, but the the mix that me, uh, the mix that, the mix that uh, I was supposed to actually do it at Rob's house, we had to push it because. Prior to um, showing up, uh, my client was leaving to go to Africa, and they didn't want to get COVID. And I just happened to get a super bad cold, like bad. 
bad cold, you know, and it was, I got tested. It wasn't COVID. I took, I think I took that week. I took like three tests because I wanted to make sure. And, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't COVID. Actually, I got, when I got, I think I got tested. I had one positive and I went and I took the, and that was a home test. And then I went and I took the real test and then that showed up negative, whatever the test is you get. PCR. Yeah. So anyhow, all that to say is I didn't have, I didn't get COVID, but um, it was so crazy that we had to push everything and they didn't, they didn't feel comfortable. It's, it's a crazy wacky world out there. And especially when you have, when you do something like what we do and and if you have clients coming in for approvals, that's, there's just, there's, you're in an enclosed area. So, so I, well, and every person I know now, including the person today, every person I know who has COVID or had it recently, were all vaccinated. So there, I'm not expecting them to get bad cases, but you know, it's not a not a magic bullet. Yeah, it's definitely. I don't know anybody who's been vaccinated and got COVID and had a really horrible time. They all say it's like a bad cold, but it's yeah. still That's bad cool. colds can suck. No, like, the, well, the flu sucks. I mean, I yeah. I just I got over COVID and it was seven days of it wasn't nice. I mean, it was like a, I've had that sort of thing before, but I mean, I don't know what the other if I hadn't had the vaccination, if it'd been a lot worse, but it wasn't good. Definitely not. Yeah. But I'm still alive. Can't complain. A lot of poor people didn't make it. So exactly. Well, hey guys, we're going to wrap this up. It's so great to see everybody. It's so good. We're going to be doing um, podcasts more consistently. Um, we're back, back doing this. I've got some great guests lined up for the next couple podcasts, so it should be really fun. Um, and that's all I'm going to tease is just great guests. What a tease. <laughs> What a tease. Uh, but uh, Bobby, it is so good to see you out yeah, there. Yeah, you too, Mikey. Love to see you guys. Nick, Rob, Mike, absolutely. Love are to are see we going to see you back in this fair city anytime, ever? Um, never. No, we are. I just renewed my lease here for another year because um, my house has been rented out and the people want to carry on with the lease, so I can't, I've got nowhere to live. Ah, basically. well, that's an issue. That is it an issue, but I, I, I can go back into the studio. But um, so, you know, I mean, so I'm a bit bummed, to be honest, but whatever. I'm here. So for another and it's just coming into winter, which is sucks here. Mm. So I'm just stuck here for a little bit. I am going to go to been asked to do a movie um, in South Africa. So I will go there for maybe in a couple of months time to get out. That's about it. I'm going to be here, stuck here. All right. Well, we got to come there to visit you then. Eating Vegemite sandwiches, right? Vegemite sandwiches, yeah. you know, and I don't like bloody Vegemite. That's just it. <laughs> I don't mind VB. I don't mind. I don't mind the Australian beer, but not the Vegemite. The Australian Sheilas and the, and the Australian beers, all right. Not the Vegemite. That's so funny. <laughs> well, hey, that's you know what you answered the question I was going to ask you. What are you working on? Uh, but it sounds like you're going to be going f- working on a movie, which sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm actually, it's going to be cool. It's um, I can't say the name of the artist, but it's about a famous African musician. Um, and his life history. That's and uh, I'm going to be doing writing some of the music for it and recording it all and mixing it all. That's kind of thing. Yeah, it's fun. Very cool. uh, and then, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And then I'm just doing my music library here and I'm doing odds and stuff, stuff for, you know, the same clients back in America. Are you going to bring your whole setup to South Africa or you don't need this? Yeah. No, I, I'll use their gear down there. They got, um, it's, uh, they got, I think they've got a Euphonics and a, a, a Pro Tool system. Oh, cool. That's great. Just the track. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. But I'll do the music here or, or wherever. Nice. Yeah, just, great. Yeah, nice. Nick, what about you? What are you going to be working on? Anything fun and exciting? Yeah, well, <laughs> I've always got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, 
I just finished a project that I was very, very proud of. Um, and uh, like Bobby, I can't mention the name of the person yet because it hasn't been released. But um, I audio directed a, a book about the earth and uh, more specifically about three quarters of the earth. Um, <laughs> and it was with a world renowned expert on that topic and we recorded you know she's quite getting on in years and we recorded her from her house and it was just it was magnificent text and she was she is a magnificent person and it made me feel amazing and energized and thrilled to be working on something uh like that and being able to bring that out into the world that is so so awesome and that's so great that you can't talk about it because that's what we're known for working on stuff that we can't talk about well when it's when it when it hits the world i'll be able to talk about it i understand but i'm glad we have one of those that's great absolutely how about you uh i am well like i said i'm just starting work now on this new video podcast, which I'll be able to talk about a lot more soon. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting because uh, actually, I'm trying to think what I can say about it. Not a whole lot. Um, we're basically going to try to redefine what video podcasts are because obviously we know audio podcasts really well. We're one of the oldest audio podcasts there is. I think we're definitely the oldest in the audio industry, right? Yes. Well, you know, we're just that the oldest true. people. <laughs> oh, well, that's true too. Everyone else yeah. is a hipster, and here is a bunch of old geezers sitting around here. Ah, uh, yeah, talking talking shit about the good old days. <laughs> exactly. And then, so audio podcasts. You know, then people started throwing cameras up to like just basically watch people talk on a microphone. And there's a lot of those podcasts, and a lot of them are, are successful. But we're trying to sort of redefine the genre once again and do something that's another higher level of production. So that's why I've been worrying about the sound. Like I'm sure a lot of people doing podcasts these days are not like being as super crazy about, you know, picking the right mics and the right acoustic environments and stuff. But so we're going to try to elevate the video podcast game. And that's, that's what the focus is for the next couple months. That's fantastic. You know, speaking of gear and podcasts, podcast gear has just gone over the top. It's unbelievable. The toys that are out there. Yeah. All the special podcast mixers and recorders and things like that. It's pretty amazing. Pretty exciting. So yeah, there's, there's great stuff. And how about you, Mike? Um, well, I just finished, like I said, a couple of films and did a couple of pilots for some TV shows. Um, I'm actually, I've got one pilot that I'm going to be starting for a comedy series. And like you, I can't mention any of these until they come out. But uh, once they come out, there's a couple that I will never mention. Because <laughs> they, were, they were independent films. <laughs> uh, they were independently terrible. <laughs> independent. Low budgets. <laughs> But they were actually a really good uh, testing ground for my setup, so I didn't mind doing them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to be working on a comedy series, so that'll be kind of fun. And uh, doing a ton of interviews and just creating some content for, uh, you know, I'm working with PMC right now, which is fantastic. So, um, yeah, other than that, just uh, just getting the gigs as they come and just staying busy. So that's that's the that's the best thing. I'm 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 finishing up a couple projects, a couple um, personal projects. One of them I've been working on forever, and I'm starting to see the end of that. And one of them I started before COVID, and COVID hit and totally derailed. And I'm getting back on the on the bandwagon on on that project, and I'll talk more about that. Um, just wanted to um, 
plug a couple upcoming shows. We're going to talk about Atmos with a really great Atmos mixer. So, Bobby, I'll make sure you're, you're, uh, you get that invite so that you can. I mean, this guy's done some pretty amazing things, and, and I'm not going to mention his name because he has to get cleared to come to the podcast. But once he does, then obviously we'll just... We'll, no trouble. So I've been working with the Dolby people, actually, talking yeah, to them. Yeah. And, uh, and Atmos is a whole different ball game the great thing about atmos is it's a place where if you learn how to mix in it you can make money mixing right now with atmos because there's a lot of of uh work out there and it's kind of the new um going to be one of the new deliverables that you're going to see every record label want maybe i'll introduce you to my friend who's a producer here who i set up his atmos studio he's down he's got ssl and um, might be interesting for your show. Yeah. That'd be great. So we'll we'll be doing that. And um, so there's a lot of fun stuff. You know, I've been mixing in Atmos. It's great. And and I start you know binarily. But man, if you can get into a real Atmos room, it's 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 just the best thing ever. It's like it's the most immersive, just lovely ear candy you'll ever ever hear. So it's it's pretty awesome. Anyway. All right. Well, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. And uh, for myself and all the guys, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. We've missed you desperately, Joe. Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and features a panel with Rob Arbitier, Bobby Osinski, Scott Gershon, Nick Peck, Diego Stucco, Brandon Birdside, Martin Page, Bobby Summerfield, and maybe a guest or two. We'll see you next time. 